Learning happens everywhere all the time. Hey there and welcome to the Homeschool Success Podcast. I am your host, Cami Wanis, the Freedom Scholar. My experience as a veteran homeschool mom, former public high school teacher, and mentor to homeschool families everywhere, along with periodic guests, will help you to create the homeschool experience you always wanted and your family deserves. Homeschooling is a leap of faith that can cause doubts, overwhelm, and uncertainty while trying to keep love of learning high and balance life, work, and kids. Each episode is packed with the strategies, tips, activity ideas, and resources you need to ensure your kids get a great education, create close family relationships, become good leaders, and have tons of fun. You'll learn everything from scheduling, curriculum, routines, and homeschooling multiple ages to increasing love of learning and everything in between. This podcast is different from anything else out there by also focusing on the thinking shifts that are the key to homeschooling successfully. Whether you're new to homeschooling or a seasoned veteran, make sure to subscribe so you'll gain the practical strategies and confidence you need to develop a rich love of learning culture and environment that results in passionate, lifelong learners. More than ever before, leaders are needed who have a great education and who use their unique talents and gifts to make this world better. Join me on my mission to raise our next generation of leaders through ensuring your family has a supportive and inspiring homeschool journey. Homeschooling is learning through life. You got this. Hey everyone and welcome to Live with Cami. If you're watching this on our Facebook group or our YouTube channel, this is Live with Cami. If you're watching this in our, or if you're listening to this in our podcast, it is Homeschool Success with Cami Juanes. Welcome everyone. We are live with Melissa Muir today and we're going to be talking about, you guys have heard from her before, by the way. You've heard from her before when we were talking a lot about being engaged with your kids and having that special time with your kids and really giving them one-on-one time, which is really important. So if you haven't listened to that, make sure you go back and listen to that one. I'll listen to the replay of that one. However, we're going to be talking about gifted students today because gifted students, they're all our students are geniuses. And we're going to talk about that because I love Melissa and I, we're like here, we like talk eye to eye and we heart to heart and we're on the same page and I absolutely love it. So when we talk like that, we're going to be talking about in, she's going to explain this. I mean, what gifted students are because she's the expert here, but she has a huge background in teaching both in the classroom and out of the classroom. She has a worldly experience. She, she lives, she's living abroad right now, which is super amazing. And she really has a, a, a really good handle on what does it mean to be gifted? And what does it mean? How do we keep track and keep up with these kids? Sometimes it's like, whoo, they're like moving faster than we are. And I know I've been there. It can be really overwhelming. So I'm super excited because Melissa also is one of our guest speakers and guest presenters in the Homeschool Success Mastery Program. And today you're going to get a Scooby snack of what she's talking about in her workshop in the Homeschool Success Mastery Program. If you need information, 
information on that, or if you have a middle school or a high schooler, or you have gifted students and you're kind of like, you've already been in your homeschool groove, but you need to get your ducks in a row and really create depth in learning. You need to create mastery of being a mentor and prepare your kids for future success. This is the homeschools mastery program. And you want to look into the show notes in the, in the, comments below and you want to check that out because Melissa's presentation is so fabulous. We had such a great time and she's so knowledgeable about all this stuff. You guys, she teaches all the time. So it's super fun. And so Melissa, I just would love you to, I know everybody probably knows who you are already, but let's go ahead. And she's got so many amazing resources. You guys, you got to <laughs> check that out, but go ahead and introduce yourself a little bit and just tell us a little bit about how you work with gifted students. Sure, sure. Well, thank you for having me. Um, it's great to be back and uh, great to be talking about this topic that I really um, am passionate about. Um, I am a homeschooling mom myself. I have four kids. Currently, they are eight, ten, sorry, let's start from the bottom, <laughs> four, six, eight, and ten. Um, and uh, they are all over the board. They've got strengths, they've got weaknesses. Um, and so this, this, really comes home to me because I can see this in all of my kids. Um, I know you've seen it in your son. And so it's very cool to then be able to kind of see the rubber meet the road um, and really do it in our homeschools every day. Um, but like you said, I do teach all the time. Um, I got started um, in the great Commonwealth of Virginia, um, where I'm originally from, uh, taught gifted middle school Spanish, which was a very special time in my life. I loved it. Um, and then moved abroad, came down here to Ecuador, taught in an international school for a little bit, um, co-taught, um, really learned how to teach kids to read, um, which is a whole nother ball game. Um, did not have that experience before and totally prepped me for teaching my own kids to read um, in our homeschool now. And that was about seven years ago that we really started homeschooling. Um, and uh, since then, I've been teaching online and tutoring uh, kids in the local area. And so I work with an organization called Brain Train, um, mostly do classes on OutSchool as well. And th those classes are designed with gifted kids in mind. Um, but it's really cemented in me the uh, desire to see this offered to more kids because not every kid can take that class. And a lot of kids that are homeschooled um, would do well to take classes like that, but aren't in those classes. And we can totally provide that as parents. And so I think it's really, uh, it'll behoove you to uh, take some notes, probably get in homeschool success mastery, because we really go deep into um, different areas of giftedness, different types of gifted learners, um, which I really wish I had known about before um, as a kid who went through gifted programs um, in elementary, middle, and high school. Um, I think I got some great things out of it. And then there were other things that kind of hindered me because I really um, checked all the boxes and knew all the rules and stuff like that. So um, if I had been pushed in some different ways, I think I probably would have dived in deeper to subjects that really were interesting to me. So um, that's kind of my background with gifted teaching. And yeah, right now I have unit studies and uh, writing opportunities and foreign language is something that I love with French, English, and Spanish um, stuff. So I would love for people to check those out. But the idea here is that we're talking about gifted kids and we need to figure out what gifted means. So Cami, can I give a little definition there? Please, definition. please. Right. Yes. Let's find out what that is. Because really, I mean, all our, gives, all our kids are gifted in some areas or another. But in terms of school, in public school, we say we have these programs and everything that are for gifted kids. Mm -hmm. And so they define that in a, in a in a much uh, different way than we'd say, well, our kid has gifts in this area, right? Yeah. So what does, what are, what are those definitions that we use? 
Yeah. So those labels and giftedness falls under the kind of area umbrella of exceptional learners. So some may know this as like special education, which would be, you know, physical or intellectual disabilities, as well as our gifted kids. And so they're all overlapping. This is a big old Venn diagram, people. So it could be somebody who does really well at academics. Um, I was a box checker. I did really well at academics. If I knew what you expected of me, I would give it to you. I'd get an A plus and I would walk out of your room and you would think nothing more of me. But there are other kids in your class who are going to push back against you because they're bored, because this is not interesting. The way that you're asking them to present their knowledge is not interesting. They're not just, they're just not into it. Um, so you might encounter some resistance there. Um, we might also have double labeled gifted kids. So we might also know this as 2E, twice exceptional. So kids with intellectual dis disabilities or um, a learning disability like ADHD or um, Asperger's or, um, you know, all sorts of different abilities um, in there. But there is a gifted um, component there that we definitely need to lean into. Um, and so I see this a lot uh, in my online classes, but I know that if kids have been in the public school system for any amount of time and they've been, you know, labeled as gifted, then they might be that more academic type. They're getting high test scores. Um, they know a lot of factual information, um, but we also need to be really cognizant of the social um, aspects of giftedness. Are kids being kind of lifted up because, wow, are this star student. They're just doing great. Um, a lot of times we have like an undercover kind of uh, Mean Girls vibe, uh, you know, like Katie, right? The, the main character of Mean Girls, anybody seen it? Where she's just a math whiz, but she's in high school and it's not cool to be good at math. And so a lot of times we've got these undercover gifted kids. This is kind of like middle school girl uh, syndrome where kids just want to bury whatever they're good at to fit in. Um, so we might have that too. So there's a lot of different types of gifted students, but also areas of giftedness. So that kind of intellectual um, leadership um, type things where you might expect to find gifted kids, but also creative. Are they, you know, coming up with these creative engineering type solutions, creative problem solving, complex problem solving type situations that they excel at? Um, we might have artistic giftedness. So, you know, Think fine arts, think music. Um, all of that is going to be another type of giftedness. Um, and then also just, you know, pure uh, math giftedness and things like that, where um, they might just have an obsession. And we'll talk about this more, I think, soon. But the idea here is that a lot of gifted kids have an obsession um, and we can let them run with it for a while. Um, but there is also this need for well-roundedness and how we go about that, I think, is the art of homeschool success mastery because um, there's, there's some limits there, right? We don't want kids just stuck on the couch for six hours reading a day. Reading is good. I'm not saying it's not, but there's, there's a little bit of boundaries, a few boundaries that we need to set there um, in order to help kids really excel beyond that. Um, so that's kind of a, a broad definition of giftedness. Um, yeah. Labels? Labels could be necessary. I should mention labels could be necessary yes. for certain programs, um, certain benefits, um, getting into certain camps or opportunities um, that's out there. And a really good resource for this is davidsongifted.org. That's a great place to go if you're you know, looking for uh, different support resources. 
Yeah, definitely. And I love the fact that you talked about the labels too, because it can be something that I know in public school that we, uh, our kids live into both negative and positive. So they live into that in terms of, well, the expectation, the pressure, the, like, you know, everything, if I'm gifted, then I'm supposed to be doing da, 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 right. I'm supposed to be performing da, da, da. And if I'm not, if I'm a little bit behind in, you know, getting, getting a concept versus my peers, then all of a sudden, like, oh, I'm gifted. I'm supposed to be, there's all this pressure. And for us parents too, as seeing our kids as gifted, we always think, I think it's, oh my gosh, it's crazy because we have so much in our minds as far as we want them to be successful. But of course we, we, we think our kids are amazing, which they are, but we all, we want to push them a little more. We tend to be more, okay, well you're, you're gifted. So you're ready for this and you're ready for that. And you can do this and you can take three math classes. I was just telling uh, Melissa about a, a family that I knew that had a seven-year-old and he was, he was gifted. He was actually two E, he was twice exceptional, but he was gifted and he, they said, okay, well, we're going to just push him really hard. And he's seven, he's taking three math classes, classes and in person and not in person, they were homeschooling, but still it was absolutely crazy. This kid was seven. I'm like, what does he like it? You know, it's really hard to balance that out when you're a parent and you know, your kid, you want your kid to have the best opportunities possible and the, you know, and you're very competitive yourself or whatever. So it's really difficult to balance that. Like Melissa said, which is so hard. I know my son could read for 12 hours a day. Yeah. <laughs> In fact, today, this morning, I'm like, I don't hear anything. Are you getting ready for the day? And he's like, oh, I got a little distracted, which means he's reading. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that means yeah, reading. Yeah. That means reading. But so in terms of labels and, and just really I, I know in, in public school, there's testing for, you know, for gifted being in the gate program and, um, you know, that kind of thing. So what, how do we identify if our kids are gifted? Sure. So a lot of homeschool families, and here's where I might start, right? There's a lot of different ways you could do this, but where I might start is, you know, going by their biological age and using the standards that they would be using in a public school, for example. Um, again, from Virginia, Virginia, edu um no that's my universe <laughs> uh vdoe virginia department of education there we go vdoe um would have the um standards the standards of education texas has its own other states have common core and they're all over the place but check some out even if you're not from virginia or from texas grab those, print them off. And for your own benefit, just go through because a lot of us don't remember what it was like to be in first or second grade. And like, what are you learning in those grades? Um, what's typical? And we're going to use that word typical. Normal? Normal is not a thing. Typical, what's typical of that age? Um, because a lot of kids are going to be doing that, that sort of thing at that age. Um, and kind of going through and seeing um, how your child is doing in their curriculum or whatever you're using for homeschool. We tend to use workbooks for math, and we've got a curriculum that we use for language arts that we feel great about. Um, but as we're going through, we don't stop them at the grade that they should be at. And I'm using air quotes for those of you who are listening to this. Um, because the idea is, um, if they're ready, why stop? <laughs> why, um, why make them wait six more months to start second grade when they just finish their workbooks? They're six years old. And they're like, I'm, I'm good. Can we start at level two? I saw that blue book up in the cabinet where you keep all of our, our next curriculum. Can I have it? I'm like, heck yeah, let's do it. So there's, there's this natural curiosity, which if you see this curiosity 
please go for it. Open doors. And we're going to get into this in just a second, but like freedom and discovery and choice is massive for gifted kids. Um, and when you see them really going for this discovery and you know, freedom kind of aspect. What do they choose? What do they gravitate toward? That might be the area where they are gifted. And I mentioned area where they're gifted because, you know, the general cloud bubble of giftedness does not apply to every single subject. So a lot of times when we think about homeschoolers, one of the awkward conversations, I'm sure you've experienced this too, um, is what grade are you in? Somebody meets them. Hey, what grade are you in? And there's this awkward conversation, especially for our kids, because, you know, in terms of grade level, again, in air quotes, they're not working at their typical age grade level, um, which their peers are at. And so it makes them sound ostentatious to be like, I'm working at sixth grade. Um, and they're like, but my friend is in fourth grade. And I'm like, don't worry. Don't worry. You can just say I'm 10. And that's fine. And so there, there's just this, um, this kind of social uh, moment there where if you prep your kids ahead of time, it might be helpful just to say, hey, I'm 10 um, and I, I like working on this stuff. I like working on fractions. I really like writing essays. I really like exploring this type of book, the genre of book. Um, and so having those kind of answers kind of fills in the social gaps there where they might be working one or two grades ahead in a subject compared to their peers. But in another subject, they're right on schedule. They're right along with the typical grade level that they're in. So please don't be scared to uh, move quickly through things that they already know. Um, you know, we are famous for skipping sentence diagramming because they know what the parts of a speech is and parts of speech are, and they don't need to sit there and diagram all these things. They don't need to repeat 12 spelling words that they already know how to spell. You know, just using common sense here and making sure that you're giving them the freedom and the choice and the discovery thing to say, hey, did you read anything in your book today that you didn't understand? Let's choose our spelling words from there, you know, instead of what that. the book is giving them. Um, yeah. And that way there's a little bit more personalization where they feel challenged rather than just serving up what's what's already in there. Um, so identifying can come in lots of different ways. I would say what they gravitate toward and what you see them just excelling at and what they love. Um, one thing that I saw and resonated with was this quote, and I'm going to misquote it right now, but like somebody saying, just don't grade me on it. I love this topic, this area, this subject so much. Just don't make it a class for me. Let me enjoy it. Um, and I know you say this all the time. Don't give them a grade for it. Just let them kind of explore and make progress so that they can then continue exploring that grade, that um, number. You know, I don't I this is one of the heart things behind our homeschool was I just was chasing numbers as a kid. And I didn't want that for our kids. I wanted it to be more of a, a holistic kind of conversation discovery type thing. Um, and that's where we've been at. And it's, it's really cool to see our kids thrive in that way. So identifying, that's kind of where we're at for identifying. Did I leave anything out that you would add? No. The only thing is that I know that you were talking about that the identification for later use mm -hmm. in terms of, you know, in, in certain settings in college, whatever. Sure. So is there like a test? Is there like a something? How do you get Great that question. kind of identification? Yeah, I would go to davidsidgifted.org and um, seek out really official things that will be valid in your state. Again, I living abroad right now, I don't have my finger on the pulse of, you know, what's happening in certain states and the changes. Um, so being able to go to a resource like davidsongifted.org or HSLDA um, so that you can uh, seek out services that you're looking for. 
Yeah, and just so you know, HSLDA is homeschoollegaldefenseassociation.org. And typically there's so many resources in there, even if you're not a member. So um, definitely just check that that website out. And and then uh, Davidson um, is, is definitely... Davidson Gifted is amazing resource and that we will put in the comments and the show notes as well. So you guys, this is really important. I love that she talked about the fact that they might be ahead in one area, but might not be in another area. And it's really important that we identify that as parents and not push the whole thing because, well, they're gifted. And so they must be gifted in all areas. And that's not necessarily, that's not how we are. I know if you look at, if you look at ourselves, right, we have areas that we excel in and areas that we're not so much, right? Like I am not super super spatial, but I, I, my husband's super spatial, you know, he's the one that puts up the pictures on the wall and things like that. And I just tell him if that's straight, but you know, that kind of thing, but that I'm a creative in other ways and I can build things in other ways. Right. So it just really depends on where your kids passion where they, where they see, they want to move on. And I love that, you know, parents often find that, well, they're in third grade and I, I don't want to I don't want to, you know, do, is it okay if we move on? Is it okay if we're, you know, if, what if they don't finish this one book that this time, but they're in, they're like in sixth grade in another place and it's totally fine. That's the beauty of homeschooling. That's what's so great. And it's so flexible. And that's, what's so wonderful because you can take your kids wherever they're at, and then you can, you can help them keep that love of learning going by just digging in wherever they want to dig in. And then also you can just, say, Hey, we're, we're, we're here in this area because we're here. And it's okay that it, your sibling is a little bit more in that area because you're in this area. Right. And I think that's one thing with siblings too, is really, and I know you have four kids. So really thinking about how do you manage the sibling? Like we're he, up in this area and we're down in this area and, you know, but our age differences mean yeah. that we're, we should be, you know, how does that work out? Yeah, um, that's a good question. We haven't had a ton of issue with it. I, I'm trying to think why. Um, I know our kids lean into each other a lot. And, um, you know, hey, I need help drawing this thing. Or I need help spelling this thing. And a lot of times, for better or for worse, they won't come to me for help. They'll uh, be like, hey, nyanya uh, is like the Spanish, like, hey, sis. Hey, nyanya, how do I spell this word? Um, and they, we do bilingual homeschooling. So a lot of the writing is, is in both. English and Spanish. And one sister is better. Actually, it's really funny. Our eight-year-old is better at spelling in Spanish than in English. And our 10-year-old is better at spelling in English and Spanish. And so they'll lean into each other. So I don't know. I think from a really young age, we've celebrated that and said, hey, you're awesome at art. And not that you're not awesome at art, but the other one is really good at athletics. And the other one is like crazy good reader at like six years old. And you're just celebrating each thing. Um, And we... We also point that out in like people in our family and between my husband and I, we are all, we work, we both work at home. And so it's, it's fun to kind of point out those strengths and celebrate them. And so it's never felt like a competition, I guess. Um, but we've also got enough books to go around. Nobody's, nobody's lapped someone else yet. So uh, talk to me in a couple of years. We'll see if we come back to that, but I don't think it'll be a problem. We're not going to be working two years ahead of, of where they <laughs> You know, and I think that's exactly, and that's exactly it because it's the way you approach it, right? It's the way yeah. that you handle it and the culture in your home that everybody has different gifts and everybody has 
you know, that that's just ours. That's yours. That's mine. That's whatever. And that's the way it goes. And it's okay if it changes because we're developing and, mm-hmm. and as we develop things, we'll go up and down or whatever the case. And that's just how it goes. Right. Mm-hmm. I love that idea. And so can you explain to us a little bit? So you already talked about a little bit of discovery, freedom and choice, but mm-hmm. in terms of like, putting a curriculum together, like how do we like do that and keep up with our kids? Cause sometimes those kids that are really academic, they just, they fly and we're like holding on, trying to hold on to their (laughs) shirt tails. Like, wait, I'm coming. (laughs) Yeah. They are uh, lightning fast thinkers. And so it's, it's, this is the fun part, but I will say it, uh, this is where you really need to lean into being a homeschooling family. This is why we're homeschooling, friends. If this is the place, if you're going to put some extra oomph into your homeschool, this is the place to do it. Um, and a lot of times, in an odd way, it doesn't even require much effort. It just requires the effort of letting go, of doing this, opening your hands up and letting go little by little. It might be knuckle by knuckle. But the idea here is to slowly let go of control because if you're like me and you wanted to recreate school at home, you're working through this topic, this subject these days, and it's a little limiting. So when you start to open your mind up to what this could look like, um, it's a lot of going down these rabbit trails, these black holes of learning. Um, And something that we did recently was using unit studies. I know you talked with Brittany Young about this recently. Um, Fantastic episode, you guys. Go listen to that because that is precisely um, what you want to do when you're opening up these doors. And whatever little door you can open up today, if I can do like a mini challenge for you, open up a door. What is it? Is it letting them explore this Nearpod lesson that you just grabbed for free? And there it is. It's a self-paced lesson. Here's a link, kiddo. You wanted to learn about Mars. Here's a whole lesson about it. Go explore. And they can explore like the VR part of it and stuff like that. Or maybe it's getting a new book at the library and having them just sit and read for fun. Funsies. Whoa. What a concept, right? There's no expected outcome, but I bet you're going to get some outcome out of it. Um, So having the freedom to discover in whatever way they want. But with these unit studies, here's one example of what it looked like for us. We were reading a book called called The War That Saved My Life, and it's about World War II from um, a kiddo's perspective in England. She was uh, part of the evacuation in London and was... um, put on a train out to the countryside. And she goes through a lot. But in that book, they talk about Anderson shelters, you know, these very cheap little um, shelters that were dome shaped. Why dome shaped? Why half, half, half moon shaped? Oh, well, we should look into that. What other things were shaped like that to be strong? Oh, an aqueduct. Oh, look at the dome of these famous buildings in Europe. Uh, wow, interesting. And this only cost how much? Oh, wow, about 20 bucks to make these outside to keep people alive. That's cool. And then let's talk about rationing. Now we're getting into economics. Then we're going to talk about the languages involved, spies. We're going to talk about interpersonal relationships, about class structures. Whoa, you know, where's the king and queen and princesses and prince at this point? Like, it's crazy. And so you can really do these deep dives and come out the other side learning about so much more. And this doesn't have to cost a lot. This doesn't have to mean big, extensive field trips. Field trips are great. 
that'd be fun. Um, we, we don't do a ton of them, um, but where we live, you know, we've got amazing uh, plant life at our doorstep. I live in the Andes. And so we went to the Botanical Gardens and we're able to see crazy cool plants the other last week. Um, and then, you know, figuring out ways that you can kind of learn more. And this could be somebody in your community. Maybe you can interview someone. Maybe you can go to a museum and learn more about it. But if you're staying at home, this can be a YouTube video. We love Johnny Harris. Johnny Harris is not meant for kids, but if I've watched it before and I know it's okay, like there's a ton of geopol geopolitical stuff in there that is fascinating for kids because they don't see much of it. Um, let's see, what else? Nearpod is fantastic. Again, another free tool where you can just kind of go in find a lesson or a topic that you're looking for. We use Google Docs to kind of keep our kids um, internet action a little bit more uh, focused, if you will. And so I'll just put the link in there, label it, you know, uh, Switzerland bunker uh, Nearpod lesson. And they're going to learn about why Swiss bunkers were all over the place um, and all that stuff. So it's, it's, there's a bunch of stuff out there. So I would say give kids the freedom to discover rather than presenting it to them on a platter, and then the freedom and the choice to show what they know. So again, a lot of times with our book work, they've got workbooks, they've got an essay to write, they've got um, some, some, some short answer questions to answer. Great, that's fine. And those are necessary skills, um, along with oral presentations, presenting in front of a crowd, presenting to authority, presenting to peers. Um, but what if we gave them the option sometimes to create something, to create a video? Learn how to use Canva. Edit videos on Canva. Wow, that's a cool skill to have. Um, make a poster. Again, our kids have used Canva, but others want to use pen, paper, paint, glitter. Oh, glitter. Um, but all these things are at their fingertips. And again, think of those creative kids. Think of those artsy kids. Think of those kids who really want to perform and show what they know. And then for the kid who just wants to write and read about a topic and then tell you orally, fantastic. Maybe you record it. Maybe you send it to somebody and they can send back a reply and say, wow, that was so cool. We do that a lot with family members who live back in the States. And so there's a ton of different ways that you can really allow for freedom and choice in their output, as well as what they're discovering that they want to to learn about. So in summary, we use the books and then we jump off the deep end and we go learn wherever we want um, about the stuff that they're uh, seeing in their books. I love that. I love that. And yeah, it, it can spark from anywhere. Inspiration can mm -hmm. spark from anywhere. It really can. I know that, um, you know, this semester has not looked at all like I thought it was going to look in terms of our study. And it's, it's really been something we were going to focus on a lot was this uh, mentoring book club sort of thing. It's, it's, it's mentored and it's really amazing. But we actually, for my son who has disliked writing for years, and I mean, years. He has slowly in this year become all of a sudden it's just coming out of him. And because he reads so high level, it's coming out of him in a way that is so deep and so thoughtful. And the quality of writing is unbelievable. And I've taught him hardly any of it. And mm -hmm. so it's really amazing to be, I mean, overtly taught him. And so it's really amazing to see him say, oh, you know what? I'm really into this. You know, he was doing uh, some classes on AI and he was really interested in it. And so he was doing that and he's, I'm going to write a paper on AI. And I'm like, okay. So I think it's a lot. And I love what you said about the choice because it's a lot of the freedom and the letting go, which you guys know I call the educational should. And 
I do a lot of talking about the educational should in all of my courses, Homeschool Success Club and Homeschool Success Mastery. But if you haven't listened to the podcast episode number six, educational should definitely go back and listen to that because it takes a long time to unlearn it. And it is like Melissa said, like one knuckle at a time, you're letting go of the shirt tails, right? Yeah. But if you can get to that point to where you're saying, he says, I, I really want to write an, a, you know, a paper on da, da, da. I'm like, go ahead, write a paper. Fine. We ditched everything, everything for like several days for like a week because he was right. He, he wrote for five over five hours that day. And wow. he wrote it just every welcome there. Can I work on my paper? Can I work on my paper? I'm like, <laughs> go ahead, <laughs> work on your paper. I'm like, that's yeah. fine. With me. It doesn't matter because he's super passionate about it. And then comes, look what I've read. Look what I've written. Look at it. Oh, and I'm, he's using words that like normal people do not use. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, where yeah. did you even get this word? Yeah. It's pretty amazing. And so to let go like that is super huge. And then to make a shift, to be okay with like, okay, he's working on this paper. And then he read, he was reading in another book and he's like, you know what? I totally realized that I'm in I'm, I'm starting from the wrong place in my paper. I need to start way back here. So yeah. I need to, I need to redo this whole thing. And I was like, go ahead, go ahead. And so he's yeah. writing a whole nother thing that he wants to turn into a book. So he's writing this whole other thing. So he ditched this whole thing. It's, it'll eventually come to fruition. Maybe yeah. not. Who cares? Right. It's so amazing to be able to process that because he's like, oh, I need to listen to this. And oh, I need to. And I'm giving him just resources. And it's hard to keep up with like the resources sometimes because you're like, OK, let's go to the library. Let's look at the data. Let's look at, you know, and, and let's look at what this person, you know, references and look in their references and let's look, you know, here. And this is what I know. And, you know, mm -hmm. lots of things. It's really amazing to be able to let go like that because you're the inside teacher part of me that's trained to be a teacher in public education is like, ah. Oh, we should be doing math. <laughs> totally. But totally. Who cares? Who right. cares? Well, and if I may, you know, and I'm yeah. I'm looking out of the side of my eye because I've got Bloom's taxonomy on the wall, literally across from me. And that analyze, evaluate, create, those are the top three on the pyramid. And this is, you know, a fantastic way to analyze how you're asking kids to show what they know. And those three, that applies to math. Even though he's writing absolutely. An he analyzed what he was writing and goes, oh no, this isn't working well in terms of my argument. And when he gets back to math eventually, you know, he's going to say, oh, but this process makes sense or showing my work in this way makes sense so that my brain can organize it better. Same as my essay, same as my book. Totally. You know, there's all these skills that we're really developing over time that are coming through cross-curricular connections. So I, I love it. I'm, I say go for That's it. why I used to love geom, uh, geom, uh, I don't geometry. know why I can't say that word. Geometry. <laughs> I used to love uh, proofs because they yeah. were like essays to me. Mm -hmm. And I loved, <laughs> I, I didn't love writing essays, but I liked writing. And yeah. so I liked I like the aspect of here's your question that you're trying to answer. Then you have your thesis, you know, and like this whole thing and you just prove it with your body paragraphs, right? In quotation marks. And so it's really interesting in the way that that, that works out. And in your right, absolutely. The thinking is there and that's the important part, right? Mm -hmm. And so, and it, it all comes to fruition in at some point, it all comes together. And I love this conversation because we can meet our kids in homeschool, wherever they are at. And that is so, amazing. Do you guys know, as you see what I'm saying about Melissa, she's pretty amazing, right? She has like all these. So Melissa, can you tell us about, first tell us about your, um, your gifted 
homeschool group and then your your resources as well because I know sure. you have a lot. So um, I do have a Facebook group um, that's homeschool parents, teachers, uh, resource creators. So if you've got those things, come join us over on Facebook. Um, fantastic place to share and ask questions and um, kind of get help with what you're working on. Um, but I do uh, teach with... Uh, brain train on OutSchool, um, which is fantastic. Those classes are so fun um, and uh, really fun to teach. And if that says anything about what the kids are enjoying about it, that's a, it's, it's a testament to what's to what's happening in the, our classes. And we've got kids of all types in there. Um, it's 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 fun for me to to know that kids uh, like we have in our classes. We've got two E kids. We've got um, very academic kids. We've got very social kids. Um, kids come in, and that's the beauty of it that they're all working together, and we as conductors can kind of guide that. Um, and then also on melissasteaching.com, you'll find lots of different uh, writing opportunities, uh, games um, for for language and English learning, um, unit studies on Roman numerals. That's like my like a favorite thing I've ever made. Um, so just really fun stuff. Um, I find that the more fun I have creating it, the more fun our kids have using it um, and the, the more they, they get out of it. So um, would love to have you guys over there. Um, and yeah, I'm just really happy to be here and excited for those of you who are uh, on this journey. Um, thank you for thank you for putting in the work for your kids, if I can say that. I think that's um, a really important thing to say. A lot of times we don't get that from our kids and possibly not from the family members who are around us. So um, absolutely. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. And being intentional. If you're here, if you're watching or listening to this, you are an intentional parent. You mm -hmm. are wanting to do what's best for your kids and you are willing to learn more to do that. And there is nothing more beautiful than that. And yeah. so, and for your kids to see you doing that is even mm -hmm. more beautiful. So that is really amazing. You guys definitely, you have to check out Melissa's workshop in the Homeschool Success Mastery Program. It is so in depth. It's really a place where you can, if you think you have a gifted student, if you have a gifted student, this is where you can really dig down and say, okay, I need, I, I need to change. Here's where my thinking needs to be. Here's where my, where my practical application can come in handy. And I can really nail down what, how I can help my students. So this has been so much fun. Thank you so much, Melissa. And Thanks you guys, you. I know that you are going to be seeing her over and over again because she's fantabulous and I love her. So, all right, you guys, we will see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye. If you're loving this information and want to connect with Cami live, join our Facebook group, the Freedom Scholar Homeschooling Community. Every Thursday in Live with Cami, you can get more great homeschool tips, how-tos, and resources, and get your questions answered. And subscribe to our newsletter to get your free ebook, Creating Educational Harmony in Your Home. See show notes for the links. Hope to see you live. This is an informational podcast. The information presented in each episode is the most recent and honest to the best of the presenter's ability. Results are not guaranteed. This podcast aims to educate and there are no guarantees of results implied. Listeners are encouraged to seek out and meet their local homeschool requirements. Any products, websites, and company names mentioned in this podcast are their respective owner's trademarks or copyright properties. The presenter is not associated or affiliated with them in any way unless otherwise stated. 
nor does the referred product website or company necessarily sponsor, endorse, or approve this podcast. We hope you enjoy and find value in each episode. This content is copyrighted and not authorized for reproduction.